brought to you by the United States Postal Service, unless someone real wants to sponsor us, but really don't blow up mailboxes. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. I don't know what's happening. Blowing through the jasmine in my mind. You have a lovely singing voice. What's happening? Summer break, baby. Oh. We did it. The weirdest school year ever has officially ended. I'm not going to lie. I thought you've been on summer break for weeks now. It's almost felt like it, but not really at all. But it's officially this week was our last day. I start grad school classes tomorrow. So we had a good three day run, but boy, that summer breeze was making me feel fun. It's true. Online classes or are you going in? Online. Okay. They're supposed to be in person, but they're online. So I'll just be sitting in my garage learning. Your garage? Yeah, just because then um, we don't have like an office or somewhere that I could easily close the door and like have a workstation. So the garage it is. Okay. That's where I've been doing all my stuff for these many months. You know, Fonzie used the bathroom as his office. It's true. We do have a pretty big bathroom, but it should be weird. Ooh, Mr. First World over here with your bag through and its bigness. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> That's me. Well, congratulations being on summer break. Yeah, it was, it's really nice. It's a good feeling. Um, I don't know why, but I still think of summer break as summer break, even though I'm an adult and my life does not change in the summer at all. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It's just something about it, you know? It's just a magical time. Uh, it's a time I hate because I hate the heat. That's true, me too. Why can't summer break be when it's like really nice outside? Like summer break, but in the fall. Yeah. Because fall, fall break. Fall, break. <coughs> fall break's a thing, though. It's and true. it's very short. But yeah, it's only like one day off, right? Um, two. We get two here. Okay, we get two. Usually, here. they they make it on OU Texas weekend usually because everybody would skip school to go to it anyway. Apparently, uh, interesting <clears throat> note. My I think it was freshman year, so our freshman year because we went to college together at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, but one of them, me and a few friends that we know, went to Chicago oh. uh, over a fall break, which was very ambitious. Yes. Um, we just drove to Chicago, spent 24 hours there, and drove back. And uh, we met a woman and her daughter on our way out of Oklahoma at a like a, uh, a rest stop or something like that. Mm-hmm. A gas station, that's what it's called. Yes, the <laughs> place where you get gasoline and snacks. Um, and I don't remember what our interaction was, was with them, but I remember like we noticed them. And then we saw them at the pier in Chicago. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you following us, guys? This is creepy. So we just like, and they were from uh, OU, the school in the town we are in now. And we were from OSU and they were skipping the OU Texas weekend to go to Chicago. I mean, there if I had to choose between the two, <laughs> I'd pick Chicago. So yeah, that Get was a deep that dish was. pizza. See the sights. I don't really know a whole lot of Chicago. Uh, There's a big bean there. That's why they call it Bean Town. Wait, I thought Boston was Bean. It is. <laughs> Boston is Bean Town. It okay. was a joke. Okay. Clearly Cameron, I have an entire vacation for us in Chicago planned. Okay. Where we're just going to visit all the sites of the Dresden Files books. Yes. Because we will always represent those books. It's true. I mean, we're even going to go to the Walmart that they go to in book four. When it's they're attacked be by fairies? Deal. Yeah, when they're attacked by the Chlorofiend. Oh, yeah. Who is a fairy queen in disguise. So, you know. read the Dresden Files. They're great. This the is Chlorofiends. The, this is the uh, start of our Dresden pod. Dreskast. Dreskast. Ooh, that's good. You gotta put cast in there, I realized. We don't have... and cast. We don't have cast in our title at all. Boy meets cast world fever. (laughs) Boy meets cast world fever. Fever cast. Boy cast world. That could be our new hashtag is fever cast. 
Fever cast. But, but I like BG World Fever. Yeah. I'm just, it's a hashtag. Okay. We, we do but need I, a new We hashtag. need to look up Fever cast to make sure that's not like Scarlet Fever or something. Because you know that's all popular on Twitter. Talking it's, about Scarlet Fever. It's true. We are in the midst of a global pandemic. I'm just saying. So it is already getting very hot in this room. <laughs> we have um, to turn the air off because it's very loud. So we just really feel the heat. So if you're listening to us while you're working out, we're kind of sweating along with you. Yeah, we're, we're getting those toxins out of our system by Which I just having. ate some really like trashy fast food so i need to get the toxins out i mean i had cold pizza so so no toxins there no toxins cold pizzas where it is at um cameron we got a we got kind of a special day yeah we got kind of it's a special episode special episode now if you are listening along at home remember we are not doing uh episode 116 or 118 uh we did those last week this week we are doing episode 117 and only episode 117 why did we make that decision cameron yeah well we started the first episode we were on we just did the pilot and so 22 episodes in the first season that left us with an odd one out that we were going to have to talk about one by itself or try to triple up which doesn't feel nice um and so we said what's an episode like really stands out has a lot to talk about is like really important character development wise um just has kind of a lot going on and it was pretty clear that it should be episode 117 the fugitive yeah i think so i think like you know your first thought is oh it should be the season finale we did a full episode for the season finale we'll do a or for the season premiere. Uh We should do one for the season finale. No. But no. (laughs) When we get there, you will see why we did not do a unique episode just for that. I don't know what we would talk about, honestly. Yeah. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a much more important episode than we remember. Yeah. When we get back to it, it's been, I mean, it's been a few months since I, like right before we started, I finished up watching it again. Yeah. When it came on Disney Plus. Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World. Uh I watched both of them again and I was like, no more after this. So it's been, at this point, maybe five months. Yeah. It is almost June. It's true. It still feels like March. Yeah. Time is both proceeding really slowly and really quickly. It feels like we've been quarantined for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But also, I can't believe May is about to be over. We're recording this on the last day of May. Mm -hmm. As Mika says, time is just a series of repeating events. It's true. I feel that. As you said, time is just a flat circle. A flat circle. Which still Which is kind of in line with what Mika was saying, actually. Yeah. Um, Just uh, Nietzsche's eternal recursion. Basically, like, I don't know if that's so much about time travel as much as like history just repeats itself we're just gonna do the same things over and over and over again which seems to make sense looking at the world yeah looking at the uh, political climate outside <laughs> you might be right um so I, I think we want to address real quick that there is a lot going on in the world right now mm-hmm. um and we do not want to be silent on it nor do we want to be blind to it um but that is also not what this podcast is about so we're not going to uh-huh. yeah we don't feel like it's our i don't want to say place because it is important that we speak up. Yeah. And I think both Chance and I in our lives do that. Well, and I think we're looking for we're a way to do looking that. for ways to do that. And we do some things and are looking to do more. And so, like, we want to with our lives. Um, just do what we can to, like, fight against racism in our country and in our communities. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if this is the place so much to talk about that. Um, I know a few episodes ago we talked about prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, and felt like, eh, this isn't really... Just the way the show went about it didn't feel 
feel right, and I don't think prejudice was the right word. Yeah. I've done some research since and realized it's very much not the right word. They're talking more about discrimination and oppression, but using the term prejudice to kind of push all those concepts together, which yeah. is, I mean, it's still worth talking about. It's just like the verb, the words that they use isn't, yeah. isn't, isn't quite right. They were also talking about anti-Semitism and genocide, mm-hmm. which still isn't the right word, but for the opposite reason. Mm-hmm. It's- a little more. <laughs> yeah. Um, still discrimination. Yeah, I guess it, it is the act of acting on your... Uh-huh. On your prejudices. On your prejudices, yeah. And then... But in this case... Racism and oppression are typically more systemic, overarching issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, we're not ignoring it. We're not putting our heads in the sand. We I definitely... just don't think we are the two qualified people to go and tell everybody about it. Yeah. Cameron and I are both thoughtful people. We're both um, academics of a sort. We're both very studied. Um, we both read a lot, but... We have never experienced systemic racism as we are both white males and very privileged, I will Uh say. Um, So we just don't feel like we are the experts in talking about it. We've tossed around the idea of uh, having some uh, people of color that are friends of ours come on and kind of do an episode that is still fun. We would probably do the first episode of Smart Guy because they use all the sets from Boy Meets World um, and talk about it. But we're just not sure if even that would be helpful, if that would be good. So if you think we should do that, you should let us know. Uh And if you don't think we should do that, let us know that too. And if you don't care, don't say anything. That's fine. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I just wanted to address that. Yeah. Because um, it's just very here. I yeah. mean, it's always been here, but it's very visible right now. I really wish I had like, I'm not the expert on this. I am not the person who can tell you what to do, but I have this resource and I don't, um, I really don't. I just this morning donated to the uh, Oklahoma City uh, Black Lives Matter bail fund mm-hmm. to get protesters out of jail um, just because I needed to do something. Um, and I support people's right to protest and I support people's right to riot and i support the the uh police's job to take them to jail but i also support the bail system like it's all kind of working the way it should um not not the system in general just that part of the system and so the system in general is like clearly not that's what i did but i'm feeling pretty lost right now about Mm -hmm. what to do and how to speak out um so that's what i did uh do something like that I, i really struggle to take social media seriously but if you find a voice on social media worth listening to maybe listen to it Mm -hmm. Um, and amplify the voices of people of color yeah Um, listen to their stories i think the episode of boy meets world about prejudice got close Mm-hmm. to it but i think the like most important thing that we can do to break down the prejudices that we do have in our lives and that we built up is to get to know people from different social groups than us absolutely um, I, that's I, what breaks that down i would say that's actually step two i think we need to recognize that this is a st- systemic issue and that we are affected by it we mm-hmm. have racist views even if we don't uh-huh. um, expressly uh, act on them mm-hmm. and we need to realize that those are there and then get to know people right break down those um i know too many people who are like i'm not a racist flat like drop the hammer and it's like mm-hmm. well but it's like a socialization systemic deep-rooted issue yeah um, it's not something i can just flip a switch and be done with it but yeah so i think that's all we want to say yeah about this right now we want to have fun we want to be an escape for people but also i mean being silent is part of the problem uh-huh. so we do want to address it we want to say that we support things like black lives matter we support uh the me too movement like uh-huh. disenfranchised groups um disenfranchised is probably not strong enough of a word to be honest but it's the one we're going to marginalized. use marginalized marginalized discriminated against uh-huh. um anyone that the system is fa- 
failing. We definitely want to be, uh, I guess the word allies has a lot of baggage to it, but I'll say allies mm-hmm. to those people and support them. Um, and yeah, get out there and do something. Yeah. Corey was right when he said, like, we all need to jump up. Yeah. So jump up. Yeah. Find jump the up. good way to jump up and then jump up. You're really good about tying this back to that episode. It's what I do. It's the way my brain works. I like that. I like just always thinking about Boy Meets World and how <laughs> life applies to it. No, just in general. Even in school, I was good at making connections oh, between I... disparate ideas. So I love it. I love it. But we are also a silly show that recaps a silly show. <clears throat> yep. So let's cut to it. Yeah, let's jump right one, in. 117. We didn't even talk. Who's going to synopsize? We normally take oh, turns. Yeah, we normally take turns. Um, You're a better synopsizer. I'll do it. Okay. The Fugitive. Fugitive, episode 117. Sean is in trouble. Deep, real trouble. He has committed a felony. I believe it's a felony. He's blown up a mailbox with a cherry bomb. And he is on the run. Um, and he and Corey's friendship is put to the test as he is trying to hide from his parents. And Corey is trying to shelter him and like keep him safe. And trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good summary. Um, do we want to start with the title or end with the title? Because I see value in both. Um, let's end with the title. I obviously have it at the beginning, mm-hmm. but like the title, whether it's good title or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk about what our title is. Okay. So the title for this is The Fugitive. We'll be going back to that title. I know we've been a little critical of the titles, but hey, they're there. Uh-huh. It's important. Yeah. And it's a good title. So. I think. Or is it a bad title? Stay tuned. Yeah. Let's, so, let's not. Don't, don't want to totally give it all away. Let's not show our hands. Um, so it starts with Corey uh, trying to go out and play baseball in the rain mm-hmm. and his Not dad just the rain like torrential <laughs> downpour thunder lightning yes wants to go outside and play in the rain yeah wants to go outside and play baseball with whom i don't know it's not like you can play baseball by yourself and it's like i'll just go see who's there yeah i'll tell you right now Corey. nobody no one because their parents care about them no one is there and alan comes in in a trench coat which is a very nice trench coat yeah it's a good look and tells him he can't go anywhere and Corey says maybe the most perplexing words of this entire episode i've been inside all day now you may be wondering why is that so perplexing well Well, we'll get there i know i'm thinking about it because i wrote it down i was like hold on (laughs) i have so many questions Corey has been inside all day presumably because it's raining because it is raining so he goes upstairs um he goes upstairs angry because he can't have any fun and sean is there terrible yeah Uh, Sean is there and he needs to remain quiet because the cops are after him. Maybe even the FBI, which is very funny. It just takes a very serious turn. Yeah. When, because the shot is like Corey is kind of, it's close, like kind of a mid frame. I don't know any of my shot terms. Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of like, I was just going to know. It's not zoomed in. It's not zoomed out. It's just like shot is focused on him or he's at the door. He shuts the door, goes to turn on the light and a hand comes on his shoulder you don't see who it is but then it cuts to sean with his curtained hair all wet and dripping where he's just completely soaking wet and he says that like the cops are after me maybe even the fbi and it's just like whoo and he doesn't want Corey to turn on the light which doesn't make any sense but yeah because why would he not turn on the light and then the lightning is flashing yeah so it's very eerie yeah ominous it's very eerie and he says you're not involved unless you want to be and Corey's like yes oh yes i want to be involved yeah Corey is so excited to be a part of something he's been inside all day yeah because he's been inside why not go be involved in something where the cops and the fbi are after your best friend yeah so it's a very funny opening it is uh delightful 
delightful. We get the delightful opening track. And then we learn what Sean did. Mm-hmm. And this is where I have three major questions for this episode. And this is where the first one comes up. Okay. So Cameron, why don't you tell us what Sean did? And I will ask a question. Okay. So we find out Sean had a cherry bomb, mm-hmm. which is a type of firework. Well, yes. We'll talk about cherry bombs here in a second. In a yes. second. Um, but it's like an explosive, like a small explosive device. Yeah. We'll just say. Um, and he has one. He's been carrying around in his pocket all day. He says he is at the grocery store and he looks down and he sees a matchbook. And so he just knows like this is the sign. And he's like, before I know it, it's lit in my hand and he doesn't know what to do with it. It's like going to blow up. Is it going to blow up in his hand, take his arm off. So he says he mails it, meaning he put it in the mailbox, blowing up the mailbox. Yes. Well, sort of. So the mailbox kind of like bloated out. Yeah. Like a fat guy burping, uh-huh. which I burped after that. And that's not how big guys <laughs> Um, so here's my question. Uh-huh. Corey has been inside all day, but Sean got off from school, was riding his bike, found a book of matches on the ground that's still lit, uh-huh. and he, Corey's been inside all day because it's raining. How does this story happen okay we have to make it make sense (laughs) because it is true and we need to align our minds to allow it to make sense i have never realized this problem Uh with this episode yeah but it makes no sense well he's near the grocery store right right he says he's near the grocery store in my youth in our town the grocery store it was like walmart and then the grocery store were right next to each other this was before there were a lot of super walmarts and walmarts had everything in them so it made sense But outside the grocery store, outside the doors, there was an awning that ran all the way across the front of the store, which was pretty long. But if it's raining, it's going to be dry under that awning. So perhaps if he's by the grocery store, there's an awning and the matchbook is there. In the dry area. In the dry area. So the match can still be lit. Uh Uh-huh. Because it wouldn't make sense if it was like out in the parking lot. Right. For it. But then he also says he put it in the mailbox, which I would assume the mailbox would be up on a sidewalk. Yeah, in the parking lot somewhere. Uh Uh-huh. On a median. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm really reaching to make it make sense. Because even if we get how he got dry matches, why he was out riding his bike in the rain, why Corey didn't go to school today apparently because mm-hmm. his um parents don't love him well that's what i was thinking like so okay so what we understand is Corey played hooky from school and has been home all day uh-huh. because... but when sean's talking about the cherry bomb Corey knows about it yes meaning they were together maybe he went home early from school i don't know i don't, I don't know doesn't make any sense so maybe they um he takes the bus and sean rides his bike because the day when they were all chained up you know Mm-hmm. And all the kids were like, we got to go catch our buses. Sean wasn't there. So That's maybe true. he rides his bike, takes another way home. And his parents don't love him. So even though it's raining, they don't come pick him up. Even though, well, I, I guess that's possible. But then we still have the fact that Corey has been stuck inside all day. For the record, I think Sean's parents do love him. I think they got a lot going on. Yeah. Which we don't so much see here, but we'll get to it. Well, it's quite the saga. And even though, even though it, 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 the story is supposed to be raining, when I've pictured the story of Sean blowing up the mailbox before it's always very sunny out right because mm-hmm. he talks about there being people around and them all having big reactions uh-huh. i know Corey said he's been inside all day mm-hmm. what if because typically you don't have a severe thunderstorm an entire day that's true typically you have like the storm line we're in oklahoma we know a thing or two about severe weather it's true um so maybe it wasn't really raining but he's like i've been inside all day i was at school i came home and it started to rain 
rain as I was like getting my homework done. Now I wanna go outside, but I can't. I've been inside all day, but now when I have the freedom to go, I can't. So maybe it had just started raining because it's a pretty intense storm and you really don't have something like that if it's been raining all day. Well, I mean, we know it happens all for the next two days. That's also true. It's just kind of a weird <laughs> set decision. Yeah. Like it's good for the moment when Sean's hand reaches and he's all wet. Yes. And the comedy of some things that happen later, but it doesn't really need to be raining the rest of the time. No, it really does. It really just throws a wrench in everything. But I think the storm blew in about that time. So you think there was, so you think Corey is exaggerating that he hasn't been cooped up inside all day, that he went to school. He went to school. He got home. Work. And he hasn't been inside all day like he says he has. And now he wants to go play, but he can't because it's, it's raining. raining. And Alan, when Alan comes in, he does have a trench coat and a hat. I, I don't I feel like he takes off a hat, but then he's like, his hair's all wet. But if it had been raining all day, I would think he would also have an umbrella. Like this might be a thing where maybe he checked the weather, grabbed his jacket, didn't take an umbrella or something. He thought maybe he could beat it. Home. I mean, I never it. take umbrellas. I feel like a lot of guys don't. No. But all that to say. I do. <clears throat> I have a really big one and I love it. Oh, nice. I want one of those ones that like kind of encompasses uh -huh. your head, but it's, it's not clear. quite like that, but it's like a golf umbrella. So it's like this oh. big. It's really nice when I have to do um, like car pickup line at the end of the day. I don't know. And it's raining. Like when kids' parents come and pick them up oh, from okay. school. <laughs> When you come and the car's coming, you pick them up. <laughs> yeah. You get really strong. Um, yeah, because then you're like, hey, kids, how about I hold this giant umbrella over you so you don't get so wet on the way to the car? Oh, what a nice teacher Mr. Liner is. Yeah, sometimes. I try. Um, yeah, so this plot point, if Corey just hadn't said he'd been inside all day. No big deal. It, it wouldn't be a big deal. It's just like a throwaway line that, brings... that throws away everything. Yes. It makes the next, I, I mean, when Sean's telling this story, you have to assume all of this happened in the pouring rain and Corey didn't go to school uh -huh. that day. I'm thinking either it A, just started raining or B, the other thing where like the matches were under the awning. Um, matches were under the awning. Take your pick. <laughs> One of the two. And if you are wondering what it's going to be like in later seasons as we try to make the whole universe of Boy Meets World make sense, you just got to taste. You just got to taste. Except... It's going to be in conflict with things we have seen. Um, so that's very true. So yes, that is my first big question about okay. this episode. Uh, it shocked me to no end uh -huh. when I was watching. Because I just... I'd never paid attention. Yeah. But also, they have shop class in their elementary school. Yeah. He's saying it's going to blow his arm off, and he's like, I don't look like our shop teacher. Mm -hmm. Shop class in the sixth grade? Like, that just seems weird. Uh, we had shop class in seventh grade where I was. Uh -huh. Yeah, because it was at the junior high. Mm -hmm. And it was a junior high and high school together. So it was just there. I don't remember if seventh graders could take shop. I don't remember. Okay. I never did. I took shop. The teacher, our, like the shop teacher, always insisted that students just call him by his first name which was bill and it just weirded me out uh i took shop and i don't remember my teacher anything but a girl i had a crush on was in that class so that was really fun for me and our big project or at least the one i remember was um what are those cars that are propelled by co2 um and then you, you got your nos Oh, that's not too Rally cars, something. I don't know. You carve them out of a block of wood. All oh, my yeah. friends. Like a Pinewood Derby car. Oh, I think they're not propelled cars? by CO2. They're just propelled by gravity. Well, ours ours had a little slot in the back that we put CO2 in. The... Oh my, that's fun. Well, we, at the end of the shop, we were supposed to have a competition, but the competition was just for fun. And all of my friends um, made like very similar ones. And they like looked up like how to be really aerodynamic and stuff. And I'm like, I really like rhinos. So I made my own rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost pretty bad. But, but you had fun. But I did have fun. I made a 
fun rhino car that I had for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long, but yeah, good for you. Yeah, it was fun. I spent a lot. They all spent time like shaving the sides off, making sure it was really aerodynamic, and I sculpted a horn and ears. Nice. That seems very on brand. So that was my shop class experience. Love it. But yeah, they have shop class. That's weird. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think sixth graders would have shop, especially with a one-armed, eyeless teacher. Uh-huh. Also, I have to say, Corey's a slob. Apparently. Apparently. His closet is filled with stuff. There's something living under his bed. Like, he lifts up the bed and they look and Sean goes, hi, how you doing? Yeah. Like, there's something living under there. And throughout the episode, we see, like, really just a messy side of Corey that we don't see otherwise. See, and this is this is where an interesting... So, one of my big questions that we'll get to, I don't want to answer it right now, is exactly... This is a very, like, Sean can be good or Sean can be bad episode, mm-hmm. but we live in a world that doesn't really work like that. So, what is the good and bad morality we're talking about here? Uh-huh. Um, Probably not committing a felony. Well, sure, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to talk okay. about that later. All right. But here's my thought. Corey is a slob. But Sean, the bad guy, is apparently very tidy. Uh-huh. So what does that say? <laughs> I, see, I... Hey, we're good guys. We're sloppy. We're sloppy guys. I'm not that sloppy. No. I'm Pro- prone to mess. I am also prone to mess. Just, you know, I, I dabble with mess from time to time. Yeah. I am definitely not a neat freak. Definitely not. No, me neither. Yeah, but Corey agrees to let Sean stay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like, well, Sean out. asked to Sean stay. Sean asks to hide out. Like, I can't go home. My dad will kill me. Like, mm-hmm. I need to, like, hide out here. Yeah, um, definitely giving off the vibes that, like, Sean may have been abused or something. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's acting very, like, extreme about this. Uh-huh, yeah. We're not so. saying Sean is abused. We're just saying, man, he's really, really overreacting. Mm-hmm. So, but he gets Corey roped in. He's like, Corey, you're going to act so weird. Like, mm-hmm. you can't you just be calm. Act normal. And then the next scene is Corey at dinner, just this, like, huge grin pasted to his face, trying to act normal. Just like, eh, kind of eh. fidgeting weirdly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just doing a terrible job. But Ben Savage is doing a great yes. job. He's a wonderful actor. He He's a great child actor. The whole, like, when his dad, when they were telling his dad about the affair and he had the, his hands clapped around his uh-huh. mouth. With another guy! Yeah, that was that was great acting and this uh-huh. is great acting. Yeah, I think he does a really great job. Ben uh-huh. Savage are a great child actor. Even as he grows up, I think he does a good job. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like... As a child. And being a good child actor, I feel like, is much more... Difficult? Difficult and also much more novel. It's also difficult to be a good child actor and grow up and still do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, his. we know that his brother Fred Savage was on a TV show before. Yeah, so he had some, uh, like, like, training, maybe. Had some training. I, I wonder, you know, I've watched a lot of The Wonder Years. I don't know if Ben ever guest stars or not. I don't know. No I don't idea. I've ever watched it. Uh, one of your first crushes wasn't Winnie Cooper? No. Nope. Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger. Were, uh, Kimberly and Winnie were around the exact same time for me. Okay. So, yes, I had a big crush on Winnie Cooper early in my life but anyway i don't know never he does a great job it's very Uh funny and then eric looks more grown up here really Uh uh-huh because i feel like previously his hair has always been sort of parted Mm -hmm. but here it's curtained for the first time Oh, I didn't know He just looks a lot older than he did in any of the previous episodes. Even, I feel like, in the episode where he gets his driver's license, his hair doesn't look the same. Huh. So, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but it's just more of, like, a classic Eric look that we see. Yeah, I was about to say. Through the rest of the, most of the rest of the show. I was about to say, maybe it's because it's, like, the Eric we know from college. Uh Uh-huh. So, maybe he just looks like that Eric now. Maybe so. But, it's just something I noticed. I did not notice that. Um, And then, another kind of 
interesting thing happens. This is one of my big questions. Just a small question. This is just a small question. So there's a there's a bang, and they have to. He's like, it's my homework. It fell off the desk. Isn't it lightning outside? Isn't there thunder? Like we've already established <laughs> that Corey is not good at playing it cool. <laughs> he didn't with his dad. He's clearly not doing it now. We can't expect him just to make up a good lie on the spot. But if you if you heard a big bang, wouldn't you assume thunder? I mean, thunder and something falling on the ceiling above you sound very different. Have you ever had somebody live above you? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's just a very different sound. I guess so. I don't know. I just thought that was weird that they needed to come up with that excuse for that. <laughs> uh, my homework. Try again, Corey. That's bad, even even for you. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and he grabs enough food for two, uh-huh. brings Goes it upstairs. upstairs to study, which I guess makes sense why you would say it was his homework falling, if he's saying he has a lot of studying to do. Yeah. Uh, but then Eric comes up, and again, for Further supporting my thesis that Eric is already dumb. Yes. We're just like, it's so obvious what you're doing. You're hiding a puppy, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know. That's not a bad assumption. Just a, And then I feel like later he even mentions a puppy. Like when it's... Well, yes, when he, Sean's already been revealed. And yeah. he's just like, so where's the puppy? Uh, no. <laughs> later on, they go... Uh, they say the sound's coming from your room. Uh, the sneaking food upstairs. And he goes, it could have been a puppy. And Morgan goes, no one's that dumb. <laughs> no one is that naive. That's and Eric goes, says. I happen to like the puppy theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is which is very good no very one funny. is that naive <laughs> um but yeah so he takes the food up there eric thinks it's a puppy maybe eric is already dumb maybe people talking about how eric is dumber just don't know what they're talking yeah. about it's just like everybody knew he was named sean in those first few episodes apparently <laughs> same same deal the characterization's already laid down um, but yeah, so and it, uh, Sean needs ketchup on his meatloaf. Mm-hmm. I have only had meatloaf one time in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it. Oh, I thought you were about to. Meatloaf with ketchup is pretty good. My grandma makes it where I think she cooks it with ketchup on it. I feel like that's how most people do it. Well, she would make like these little mini loaves. So you would eat like almost like a dinner roll to a loaf of bread is this meatloaf to a regular meatloaf. Okay. So just kind of like a smaller and you could eat a couple if you wanted. But they, they were good and they were always uh, juicy. Okay. I Meatloaf has always just been a, a very perplexing concept. To mm-hmm. me. I, I like meatloaf. If it's good. Like I could see it if you're just eating like a dry meat brick as Sean describes. Uh, Amy's meatloaf. I could see that not being good. But we, I feel like we always had pretty good meatloaf growing up. Oh, nice. Uh, I feel like any dry meat brick, you can put mashed potatoes on that. It's, uh-huh. it's going to be good. Yeah. we. I, I guess we maybe we ate more meatloaf than the average family because I'm realizing like as a kid, uh, my dad was a pastor and we lived in a really small town and they weren't able to pay him a whole lot. And so part of his like compensation package was every year, like some, I think somebody in the church or they were able to get a good deal they like bought us a cow like that was butchered and so we got like a a lot of meat and so we would eat a lot of beef because we had it wait would you just get great steaks lots of really good steaks and lots of ground beef man i'm Um, jealous just have like a big deep freeze full of this stuff but so we need a lot of meatloaf um because we had the meat see i think of meatloaf barbie's had nothing on us (laughs) i feel like meatloaf is always really low quality meat isn't it it's usually like just like a ground beef oh okay see i have very little concept of what meatloaf is (laughs) I know I've had it one time. It was probably at a friend's house. Uh This meatloaf discussion is what people are here (laughs) for. I'm fascinated by meatloaf. Uh The stuff that they are eating there doesn't look very good. 
It looks like bread loaf. Very dry. Okay. That's not what I ever had growing up. I don't ever think of meatloaf as good. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so Eric catches him up in the room. It is hilarious, though, because Sean is dripping wet and Corey tells him to put on some of his clothes. Yes. But you might have noticed if you're watching that Sean's a lot taller than Corey. And so when he comes in, <laughs> maybe the reason he fell down was trying to get into some of Corey's clothes. Because he, like, comes around and it's just, like, way too small of everything. Yes. And it's just, like, just this really funny image. Yeah, everything's very tight on him. Uh, and he tells Corey if anyone has ever told him he looked like a chimp, <laughs> which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Eric catches him and he's like, let's just skip right to my bribe, shall we? Yeah. I'm just saying that they're going to do all of his chores and he'll be quiet about it. And Sean says, in Bizarro World, nice DC Comics reference there, Sean. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they are really nerds. Yes. So, makes sense. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the scene where they've got Eric in on it now. Although it is funny, they're saying, no, they won't do the chores. And then the dad comes up and is like, hey, whose turn is it to take out the trash? And uh, Eric's like, well, dad, you see. Funny you should mention it. And Corey goes, ah, my turn. My turn. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's, it's it's working. He's looking out for his friend. Um, so then we cut to school the next day. Yep. Topanga and Minkus. Talking delightful. To, uh-huh. Though, turns out Minkus is really pro-prison. <laughs> well, um, I was I actually have it written down. Sweater vest Minkus. I wonder what Cameron will think. Yep. So he's very vengeful. Just like, belongs in a prison. Like, that's where Sean ought to be. Because <laughs> everybody knows what happened. Uh, or they seem to. Which makes the next little bit interaction with Mr. Feeney kind of strange. Well, I think I think we're supposed to assume that it's rumor and hearsay. Uh-huh. But Corey knows specifics. Yeah. But Topanga thinks specific. it seems like very daring. A, a daring politi- political, political statement. statement. Destroying a post office box. A mailbox is how people normally say it, at least around here. Um, <laughs> a post office box. That's different. That's where you receive the mail. Um, because, <laughs> again, Topanga sort of an ill-defined anti-government hippie yeah. something. Yeah, Topanga is just like, her Her radicalness is just against norm. Mm-hmm. Like, just whatever's against norm or masculinity. Because uh-huh. um, it is, it's really hippie new age mixed with Native American beliefs. And honestly, her like political system is is very like kind of extreme dict- dictatorial communism where they put all the men in. Uh-huh. they disarm all the nuclear weapons disarm all the nuclear weapons and... yes yeah, so it's like a, a mixture of things yeah. it's, it's not really a political position that exists in the world uh-huh. well, um, that's fun go, go to panga but you could also look at it as Topanga's just really open-minded like you know she's gonna do the things that make sense to her and desire the things that make sense and seem appealing yeah. and, and she's not ne- necessarily endorsed Sing Sean. She's just saying it was a daring political statement, and she was also very into their gambling, like taking advantage <laughs> of things. Uh-huh. Maybe Topanga is just open-minded to lots of things. She's very open-minded to being Corey. flirted with. He's pretty much a dweeb, so yeah, she goes out with dweeb Corey. Her open mind is both a gift and a curse. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, but Minkus is really pro-prison, apparently. Um, and I'm just like, why am I not surprised? I'm not. This Richie Rich Minkus kid just wanted to lock people up and throw away the key. Mm ridiculous i mean it's true how 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 could he not be yeah um it is funny though because mr feeney comes in and is like kind of talks about the situation a little bit um and Corey's just like quit pumping me for information or something along those lines and then feeney's like i was addressing the whole class like what are you doing like, i wasn't addressing you but throughout the whole rest of the show he's never addressing the whole class he's always talking to Corey. It's why is Corey now supposed to assume that he's not talking to him it's true yeah and he i mean I mean, he is looking right at him when he's like, has anyone heard from Mr. Hunter? Uh-huh. So, I mean, Corey's not 
wrong. Yeah, yeah. So he, I thought that was funny. Oh, I we missed the note uh, right before it cuts to the scene. Uh, Sean and Corey are talking again, and he says, "I'm accomplice boy." Yes. So arms to the side. He does that pose a couple times in this episode. I want to say. Yeah, he's. I don't think be, he says he's a anything boy. Yeah, but. he's he's I'm risk boy. Uh huh. And then in this episode, he's accomplice boy. I think there's at least one more, if not two more. I'm blank boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that joke goes away forever. Mm-hmm. We never, never hear from it again. Um, what is next? They're in class reading the Telltale Heart. Ah, Question. Yes. They studied that major freakoid Ed Poe at the beginning of the year. Why are they reading them again? <laughs> maybe, maybe Mr. Feeney reads to them in shifts. So, like, he read them a Poe, now he's going to read them a Shakespeare, or I guess they read him, read he's Shakespeare. Shakespeare, Poe, po, some um, other guys. Probably Dickens, which you would they, love. He did read. Uh, and then uh, what was the one the the cremation uh-huh. of so again looking at American poets what Poe was American yeah. yeah he went to West he went to West I West. just watched the Gilmore Girls episode where they had the Poe convention the Poe Society yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where the Independence Inn burns down. Sad yeah, day. It is very sad. And then you meet the night manager. Yeah. He's kind of funny. He's in like three episodes. Anyway, this is not a Gilmore Girls podcast. There's maybe a podcast out there like that. I don't know. Anyway. If there is, you can check them out. They're yes. probably be good. He's reading the Tell Telltale Heart and it's it's a very good reading, first off. Uh-huh. And he does that, a good job. That image you like of Feeney sitting on the edge of the desk. Yeah. It's cool. Reading. I should do that a lot more. You should. You should do that and a lot. Sit backwards more. in my chair. I have done that before. It's not very comfortable no we're not kids anymore Cameron we don't bend that way it's not that hard <laughs> um, but this joke does rely a lot on the audience knowing what the telltale heart is because uh-huh. he doesn't really explain what it is no but I feel like even like it's it's just part of the cultural shared experience that kids might not know but adults watching even older teenagers or teenagers in general watching, would probably have some awareness of what this is. Yeah, I, I actually feel like it was probably late high school before I read The Telltale Heart. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when I read it. I want to say like 8th grade. Yeah. But still, like they're in 6th grade, but they're reading all sorts of stuff. They get into Macbeth later, which is like senior level. Oh, not not Macbeth, Hamlet. Hamlet. See, that's it. That, those are both. The Melancholy I read both game. of those senior year. Um, I read them on my own. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just thought this, like the whole heartbeat thing might seem odd to someone who doesn't know what the telltale heart mm-hmm. is. Yes, which if you don't know, if you're listening, uh, it's a story where a guy murders somebody and then buries him in the floorboard of his house because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then his guilt is manifesting as him hearing the heartbeat of mm-hmm. this man under the floor and it's just pounding and pounding until he eventually like turns himself in. Well, the, that's one of the ways, yeah, that's one of the ways his guilt is manifesting. He also starts saying everyone is fake. That's the passage that Feeney's reading is people with their... Um, what, what is it hypocritical smiles or something like that uh-huh. and it's very much like if you read into it like no they're all fine like you're the one uh-huh. having the problem here. <laughs> yes you are the problem yeah useful advice um might be I, problem. I remember there's i don't remember the whole thing but there's a courage the cowardly dog episode of the telltale heart and that was a good show it was a good show it was creepy so creepy the creepy barber yeah there's an episode the creepy barber don't watch it we never talk about scary things on this podcast and we never will yeah a, a super scary episode of boy meets world that maybe even the cast just rewatched in a delightful talked about never um, I refuse to acknowledge it <laughs> I cannot wait anyway um, yeah so they're talking about the telltale heart Corey's hearing the heartbeat like crazy and then back at school Amy is cleaning back at school back at home 
Okay. And he's cleaning and vacuuming under the bed, and you hear Sean, ow, yeah. ow, and So she's going. Spoiler warning, she is intentionally smacking this boy on the head, because uh-huh. she knows. Because yes, they're aware that he is, he is hiding there. Um, which becomes very apparent in the next little bit when Corey comes back. Yeah. Because um, Corey comes in, like, talking to Sean, and Amy's like, what are you talking about? Um, he's like, uh, again, just lying really terrible. I can't remember exactly what he says. Well, I think what you're thinking of is uh, when he she, he comes back in with Morgan. No, that's earlier. No, that's that's earlier with the, the bathroom. This was like something about, he knows. Oh, he no, knows. no, he goes, uh, yeah. No, he goes to, goes somewhere looking for the cherry bomb or the remnants of a cherry bomb. He, well, he comes in and says, I couldn't find it. Uh-huh. And she's like, couldn't find what and he goes it it, it italy i i didn't see italy i didn't see france didn't see anybody's then he shoved like pushes with his foot some of his underpants under yeah the... i didn't see anyone's underpants. that's right i was like what was it yeah place it um yeah again just doing a really bad job doing a very bad job but a very good job as an actor mm-hmm. but a bad job as a character what was did he go what was he looking for maybe sean's bike um, i'm not sure because what any remnants of the cherry bomb would have been inside the mailbox yeah, maybe the matchbook so they don't get his fingerprints? Everybody already knows. I don't now that I think about it, when he comes in and says I couldn't find it, like, what, what's he talking about? What is he talking about? Who knows? But Amy's there and then so then she leaves, Alan comes up and is I'm talking. Um, I just like this is this is this is a weird aside before we continue. Uh-huh. But I like see people in their cars listening to this episode yelling what it is at us like i can see them doing that right now this is the first time tweet at us if you want or if you know us personally send us a text message yeah Um, but we cannot we cannot for the life of us figure out what it is (laughs) it is this you dummies yeah i can just could you i can just see people being like you don't have to have this you guys both forgot the whole hidden meaning of the show is wrapped up in what it is (laughs) <laughs> why are you guys talking about this you fools yes and then um, but alan comes up he's saying like i paid bill like i had like 20 something bills that he put in the post office box that got blown up mm-hmm. um but then he's just um talking about yeah, just the situation how it's like really important that sean comes home mm-hmm. he's like whatever you do like no matter how bad it is it's not as bad as not coming home yeah um and the whole time he like knows that sean is there so he's like throwing himself down on Corey's bed which Sean is underneath and like just kind of sitting up and then slamming back down like giving the people's elbow mm-hmm. to the the bed as he's telling Sean about this again intentionally hurting this boy uh-huh. we're getting to my second question we're getting there we're not quite okay. there yet um and again we see just from Alan like he doesn't trust his kids he knows something's up well but he already knows the truth so he's not just doubting. He's not like, eh. Yeah, I would say he's trusting his kids yeah, we're way get, too much. I wrote this down like he... Well, we'll get to it. We'll get I think it's a, a worthwhile discussion. We will. I think... I, I think it may be my third question. But anyway, uh, he, he, his words have a real impact on Corey. I wrote down a line, but my handwriting is so bad that I can't... <laughs> I'm a cone human? What? Does the words, I'm a cone human... I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm a cone home. Cone homer? You're a go homer? I'm a, I'm a come homer. I'm a- he's like, he's like, just always make sure you come home. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's like, I'm a come homer. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm so glad that's in the podcast. You better I'm not a, cut that out. I'm a core human. Uh, <laughs> I love it. You telling me I need to cut that out? No, I'm saying you better not. That's funny. Um, I did once have a student tell me, because I was writing something on the board, and he was like, 
Mr. Liner, I'm so glad your handwriting is bad because I know you won't get mad at me for mine. (laughs) (laughs) This is the typing generation. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, You know, it's handwriting. Um, It's still good skill. I'm a cum homer. Yes, that is. (laughs) And then he's like signing on the bed. Um, And then, uh, you know, his words really reach Corey. So Corey tries to convince Sean. um, He's like, just... Just let uh-huh. my dad know everything will be fine. Sean bolts out the window and uh, the dad comes in and mm-hmm. that's the end of the scene. Yeah, that's the end of the scene. Um, and then we come there with the rest of the family and they're explaining to him how Mr. Feeney saw Sean climb in the window. They both knew that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get to line, like, I like the puppy theory. <laughs> like, yeah. no one is that naive. <laughs> yeah, we get the puppy theory line. Uh-huh. Um, this is really Morgan's only thing. I think I have a theory that Morgan was less available for shoots in these later uh-huh. seasons. Yeah, well, I guess that's with child actors. Like, you have limited amount of time you can do yeah. things. Well, and that was really, like, the time commitment for her shoots was, like, the real reason she left the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, she just Not that she really, leaves the show. We don't know that yet. She didn't enjoy it. I yeah. think was kind of what was... Like she just wasn't having fun. So I can get behind that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we get one scene with Morgan, but it is very funny. She's at the very beginning, too. When he's like, you can just have a tea party with your sister. Oh, yeah. That's right. And he, Corey says, zing this, which is kind of a racy joke if you take it to its extreme. But anyway. Yeah. We don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Um, they have the the big talk. and uh-huh, saying He and Sean have been friends a long time. Yeah, since he but taught him to pick the lock on his playpen. Uh-huh. Sean was Tommy Pickles, apparently. Yes, he just kept a screwdriver down in there <laughs> in his diaper, I guess. <laughs> his parents never noticed that when they changed his diaper or anything. Um, yeah, and so just talking about how Sean and Corey's friendship is this really good and like important thing. Yeah, um, because and, Alan was like Sean and mm-hmm. had a friend like Corey. Uh-huh, named Richie. Named Richie. Like really helped him out and like helped him to see the best in him and like helped him make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we get some background on um, we get some background on Alan. We get a good thing about their um, mm-hmm. history. Yes, yeah, so this is when I was thinking like Alan doesn't trust his kids, but then here at this point I was like watching him like he trusts his kids to do the right thing. Maybe not always on the time frame that would be the most like the best way to do it, mm-hmm. but he's really like trusting Corey to say and do the things that need to be said and done. Yeah. And even when he's like whenever Sean reaches out to me because he's like Sean's going to reach out to you again um, to like because he'll need some help he's like well when he does what do I say to him and he's like I think you'll know yeah a kid like you say. you'll know uh-huh. and so again just like trusting in his son and the person that he has seen him to be which is kind of a lot on like an 11 possibly 12 year old because as especially when we get into girl meets world 11 12 13 year old kids don't know who they are at all right so it's kind of a big thing it's like nice kind of heartwarming but this brings me to my second big question Uh are these bad adults because i feel like they're really bad adults like because they know that sean is there and they don't say anything because they're intentionally hurting this boy (laughs) because they know he's there and not saying anything why did Mr. Feeney call when he saw Sean climb up. Mr. Feeney couldn't have known he blew up a box yet. I mean, these are just friends mm-hmm. that he could have just been climbing up to his friend's okay. window. Maybe he climbed up and then later heard the news that Sean had run off, but he knew he saw that, so he made the call over. That makes sense. That's a good, uh-huh. that's a good I point. I think knowing that everybody knew, um, I guess I don't know why Sean's parents didn't come get him. 
Why didn't Sean's parents come get him? But they knew their son was safe because he was with the Matthews. Um, but they, also they're, as we get into, still like a very messed up family. So I really don't know. I'm not going to just like say, well, that's just the way that they are. Like they don't care about their kid. As I've joked about before saying that they don't love their son. I think they do. Um, but I really don't know. I think they're just wanting it to work out well and like if he ran away and we corner him is he just going to run away again um but where we can't find him like they know where he is they know that he's safe but they know where he is and they know where he's safe but they also don't have what if he and Corey got into a fight and he took off into the night somewhere Uh like like he did um i i don't know i i just was watching this and i was like there has got to be a better adult solution than hurt the boy well Smack him in the head with a vacuum vacuum and jump on him. Uh-huh. I don't think they're bad adults. <laughs> I think it's television. And it's just a funny joke about, I know something that you don't think that I know. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, if this was the real world, they were bad. They're bad adults. <laughs> <laughs> they're bad at their jobs. I mean. Jobs of being a parent. Well, yeah. The, what their job, maybe their jobs of being Sean's parent. Which I think not. that they knew we only have four different sets. <laughs> We'll find him eventually because <laughs> of where he goes after he runs from Corey's house. That's a good point. <laughs> it's like there's only so many places he can go. He can go to the Matthews house, to Corey's bedroom or the kitchen or the living room there. He can go to the Matthews backyard, go to the school, the hallway at the school or the mall now. Yeah. Those are the sets it. that we have available. He can't go anywhere else. Yeah. But yeah, I was just watching and I was like, I mean, just take the boy home and ground him. Show him that he's not going to get killed. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, if he's worried he's going to get killed, so he's not coming home, something's off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe he's just being dramatic, which uh-huh. is very possible for which, kids. I mean, he is, as we see. But like, I don't know. I just feel like, <laughs> I just feel like there are so many better solutions than have the boy miss a day of school, have him be physically harmed. Uh-huh. I think he's, this sounds really bad. I think he's better off for it in the end. Maybe. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't really know. Um, obviously, even though this episode happens, it doesn't really have an impact on uh-huh. it. Yeah, but I think it has some really good groundwork that it lays for Corey and Sean's relationship. Yeah. Um, but yes, so Sean runs... Alan's telling him that Corey's going to get contacted by Sean again and needs yeah. to be ready for it. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the school. Still raining. Mr. Feeney comes in and like sees Sean's sleeping bag. And he's like, ah, no one here. The perfect time to set fire to my desk. Which Sean believes. <laughs> yeah. And so he bolts out from under the desk. <laughs> Proving that he is, in fact, 11. <laughs> uh-huh. He's going to light the desk on fire. He said it. <laughs> but he bolts out and then... He and Feeney have a talk about Canvas. Friendship. Yes. Um, but yeah, about Canvas. So maybe Mr. Feeney's best teaching lesson relating to life ever is this little bit uh-huh, about a little Canvas. bit about Canvas. I think this shows it doesn't show that he's a good teacher. I think in terms of being a good like mentor, like there's a few students that he has a good relationship with. And you see that throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And like it shows here. Like in terms of his teaching style, not good. But like this, like this object lesson, trying to talk about friendship and comparing it to Canvas is very good. Do you want to explain his lesson? Yes. Well, he grabs Canvas, which is a really neat material, I will say. And he's like, oh, it's really hard to rip. It's really hard to rip from the top. It's not really hard to rip from the side once it's been cut because the rugged edge has already been compromised. But that's another story for another time. That's the whole point, though. <laughs> yes. He, uh, 
uh, he has Sean try to rip it in a way that he knows he can't. Um, and then he's like, it's very difficult to break, but one little snip and you can rip the whole thing apart. Basically saying, yeah, this may be a little thing between you and your friend Corey. Mm, are you going to let it be the thing that rips you apart? But it can be the thing that rips you uh, apart. Like your friendship can be strong, mm-hmm. but something little, like not trusting your friend yeah. who's looking out for you and wants the best for you, it could wreck the whole thing. Yeah, which is kind of a pivot of the morality of this story. It's not really a pivot, but it is a little different. Because throughout the episode, we have I have never once worried about Corey and Sean not being friends. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the Christmas episode where Corey's like like the charity. Sean's mad yeah. at him about that. It sort of becomes about that at this juncture. Yeah, and, and I think the show does a really good job of like, oh, I'm not worried about Corey and I's friendship. And then Mr. Feeney makes it about, well, you may not be, but this could be the snip mm-hmm. that tears that friendship apart. But that's not really what the episode has been about up to this point. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird metaphor. It's a good metaphor. Don't get me wrong. Um, and maybe it's just the way I'm trained to watch the episodes that I was never like, oh, how is their friendship going to survive this? Mm-hmm. How is their, how are Corey and Sean still going to be buds after? Like when Feeney brings it up, it's really the first time I as the watcher have thought. This is it. It's going to sink them. Which it's probably the first but time Sean's That's the point that. of Mr. Feeney's lesson. Yeah. It isn't like a big thing that's going to cause it. It's just like losing that trust yeah. in their relationship. It's not a, And it's not about trusting like that your home is your home or trusting your family. It's trusting trust. your friend cares about you. Yeah. Trust and isn't just going to try to do you wrong. Yeah. Even when know. it feels like they might be like it's not what you think you want, but it's what's good for you. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. This isn't like me and the uh, what do you call it? The uh, Topanga's got a crush on Eric. Uh-huh. Like mischaracterization. Everything's yeah. sort of a mess. Yeah. Here, it's just Feeny brings up a lesson that I didn't really know the episode was building to. Uh-huh. But again, it's good. I think that moment of Mr. Feeny giving the canvas lesson is mm-hmm. something that I think about when I think of Boy Meets World. Like oh yeah, a, I think it's so. in there. Yeah. in my mind. Well, I think that when I think of season one. Oh, Boy Meets the World. canvas lesson. Well, I, th- I just think this episode is the one uh-huh. that I think about. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that while we're not going to talk about his arc very much, Sean is really the only character with a significant arc. Like, things change for Sean in ways that they don't change for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has minor character arts, and, like, Topanga is a very different person by the end of the show than she is at the beginning of the show. That all happens in very, like, spontaneous moments. Uh-huh. Like, even between seasons one and two. Yeah. I feel like it's a big change. Yeah. There's some stuff in season four where there's, like, a moment. But then other than that, she's kind of just a very, still very driven. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the big things are the same. But even through Girl Meets World... Sean is yeah changing and yeah. like realizing who he is. Yeah, Sean Sean has an arc throughout the whole season about um about loss and fitting in and um chosen family, which is a really big thing for me too personally, which is probably why I've always related to Sean. Mm-hmm. Like Sean gets this big arc about learning to accept things about him, about his family, about his friends. Um and this is really this is the start of it. You could say the Christmas, the Christmas episode. episode, but I feel like this is where it's like Sean is different than Corey mm-hmm. in a like big way, but they need each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it gets it does get tested 
throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Not like they're going to, but there's lots of little snips that could bring it under. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk about those as well because there's some big ones. Yeah. So that's that's one of the big reasons we wanted to do this episode because tracking Sean's character arc will be the most significant character arc we track throughout the podcast. Uh-huh. Because it's one, very good, yeah. two, kind of messy. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun with it. I, I feel like there's a parallel world not too far off where Sean was the main character. But I'm glad we don't live in that parallel world because I think it's perfect the way it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so this is kind of the last main scene of the episode where Corey comes in mm-hmm. to the school. Feeney's like, all day long. You're just wanting to be home, and now here you guys are breaking into the school. Yep. Um, but again, I think just like Alan, we see a good side of Feeney where he is trusting his students that he cares about to do the right thing. I don't know if good is well, what I, I would use for is, either. It but... shows a good relationship. Sure. Um, I think the relationship that they have, as much as, especially Feeney, that they kind of like antagonize each other, but like the strength of their relationship holds up that trust. Mm-hmm. You might disagree that it's, because again, kids are 11 or 12 years old, that just seems kind of foolish to me, but it also just seems very sweet. You know, I think at the end of the day, action and war movies have the best thing to say about this, where if you go through the plan and it succeeds, you get to call it brave. And if the plan fails, you get to call it stupid (laughs) (laughs) so they're being brave they were brave because it all succeeded maybe they are good adults but it easily if it all fell apart stupid we're calling dhs shutting this down yeah it it easily could have failed Uh there are pieces are all there um yeah but i just think it was good I don't think Um, I've ever... Tracking where the canvas was in that episode was also kind of fun. Like, he rips off the canvas, he gives it to Sean. He says, make him here, have a bandana. (laughs) Yes. It's very funny. And then when Corey throws him the empty backpack, Sean shoves it in the empty backpack and then shoves the empty backpack onto Topanga's chair. Okay. Maybe and they, on Monday morning when they come back, Topanga has a backpack with some canvas in it. Yeah, maybe she'll really enjoy that. Yeah. But Corey comes and he like says that he brought Sean's parents and they're waiting outside. Um, they just kind of have a confrontation where he's like, you can still come back on this side of the line because Sean has said like, there's a line and I crossed it and then I blew it up with a cherry bomb. Which again, in the grand scheme of life, uh, like blowing up, even blowing up a mailbox, which is a federal crime, still seems like a very small thing to be like, there is no returning from this for me as a person. Yes. It's like 11, 12 year old kids do stupid stuff yeah. all the time. All the time. And come back from it. <laughs> well, and that, that does bring me to my third question. Mm-hmm. The morality that they're trying to get across here. The the line they're talking about. The good side of the line and the bad side of the line. What is it? Like, we, at this point, we know very little about Sean. So let's try not to take in future, uh, future knowledge. But mm-hmm. like, is it a disenfranchised neglect? Is it abuse? Is it like, because kids don't just, they're just bad right uh-huh. like you know that i acted out a lot in school because i got crappy attention from my dad and mom and like what what are what what is cory saving sean from uh-huh. it, yeah and i mean it's all a very vague good bad i feel like it's all conjecture at this point like mm-hmm. we don't have the final pieces to con- like 
confirm. Like, I know the final pieces are there. They haven't shown up in the show yet. But, like, we've seen this arc where Sean's dad loses his job mm-hmm. around Christmas. And then later we find out Sean lives very close to Corey, two blocks away. Which, not necessarily mandating, but does seem to imply that uh-huh. he lives in a similar... Similar neighborhood. Yeah, similar financial situation. Uh-huh. And then later mentions that his uncle lives in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I don't know exactly when it comes up, but we find out like Sean lives in a trailer, mm-hmm. and so it kind of paints this arc of just like declining fortunes for the Hunter family, and so maybe just kind of with that because I have some students that are like wonderful students that I love, but they are in like really kind of dire situations, which can even 11, 12 years old make them feel like they're kind of on this irredeemable path, or it's just like it is a big struggle, and even going back to what we were talking about not related to this episode um cory has a lot of privilege and like even with all the hard stuff in your life just still having a lot of privilege of like not having to think about that um or like it, it can still be very easy to like quote unquote do the right thing mm-hmm. um like that loosely defined line of like staying on the good side of the line um but for some students it's just not easy because there's like not good role models or yeah i mean i like, was one of those yeah you know yeah um so i man, i don't know exactly what it is because like you don't have a clear picture of sean's yeah life well and I, I guess my thought is like what do they think is going to happen to sean uh-huh. if Corey doesn't get him back is, is he on the track to be a bully is he on track to it's like is this just like the first step of being on the wrong side of the law yeah like do they do they literally is the show trying to convince us that if Corey doesn't get him on back on his side of the line, that he's going to become a criminal? Go to prison, like Minkus was saying. Go to prison, like sweater vest wearing Minkus, uh-huh. or at least vengeful Minkus. Minkus. Um, I don't know. It, it was just when I was thinking about it, I was like, what are they trying to save Sean from? Is it is it bullydom? Is it because I mean, what's the worst that happens? He sleeps in a park and gets taken back to his parents, mm-hmm. which basically happens to him later on anyway. Yeah, like I mean. Yeah, it's not super clear, and the show is always like, Sean has a rough life, and it's just like an inch away from going too far. But it's still in like a too far whitewashed, <laughs> bubblegum kind of, not really bubblegum, it's not like Archie comics. Sure. Um, but it's still just like a very sanitized yeah. version of like getting in trouble. Just like a vague yeah. getting in trouble. A, a, a vague going to the bad side or going to the dark mm-hmm. side. Yeah. But that, that, we, that's my third question. Maybe a little deep. Maybe uh, not a little deep. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the show is trying to say. It could be a number of things, which is why it's vague. Yeah. Just to like let the viewer fill it in. I don't know if the show is really written that smartly. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I don't know if they're like, we'll leave this sort of as a cipher for you to see yourself and your own problems in it. Or if it was just like poor writing. Yeah. Probably more likely with like a, I mean, don't get me wrong again, love this show. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I don't think that there, it was like, they even said in the pre, and I guess, yeah, the previous episode must be like easy when you have the best writers in Hollywood <laughs> telling you everything that you say. And then Mr. Feeney's like, I wouldn't know. Yeah, Mr. Feeney wouldn't know. So they, they, don't think that they have the best writers, um, I guess. And I, I think that kind of shows. But at the same time, it is kind of open. What it is, you can read into it, whatever you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I mean, it brought us this discussion. I think this uh-huh. is a good discussion worth having. Yeah. And it'll definitely come up more. And so it'll be. And it'll be clearer. Because uh-huh, we'll have him more defined as a character. Sean and, does go through a lot. Yeah. And, and what, what the bad is defined as like the consequence. Because there is no consequence to Sean being bad in this. Uh-huh. 
Like he gets like, grounded for a month. Yeah. He's alive. Yeah. I, I don't, I, it is kind of curious that he's like so scared to go home. Like what does he think is going to happen when he yeah. goes home? Has it happened before? Is it something that he's legitimately worried about or is he just being like overly dramatic? Yeah. And it could just be, you know, a whole action movie dramatization of w- what he thinks the consequences for his actions. He could have inflated the offense in his mind and by mm. so doing inflated the consequences of his mind. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, this is my third question for a reason. I do mm-hmm. think there is a morality here that we are not getting. Yeah. But that being said, it still a, feels very nice. I kind of got a little teary. Yeah. In Corey and Sean's moment. Cause I think they have a good friendship. They do. And this is like, we've seen them be friends. Mm-hmm. The whole, most of the whole show. Has Sean, Sean's been in most every episode. Not named. Yeah. He, he's, he's been present. He's, he's been present in every episode. He was named in episode three. No, episode so four. four. Um, maybe five. I think yeah. four. He always, he hasn't always been the, he hasn't always had the most like speaking words. I think even as uh, recently as um, uh, B Team of Life, he was pretty much only there to make fun of Corey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which again, we think was an earlier episode that aired later. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just like seeing their relationship. And I don't think they say Sean's name in that episode. Like, yeah, they do because they pull their names on the ah, list. You're right. Um, gotcha. Air Harris. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to shave this. Uh-huh. If you guys have been on our Twitter, Cameron's flat top is there. It's so. there. It looks good. Um, but yeah, I just love their relationship. I think yeah. they have a good friendship and. It starts to be on display, I think, in a major way. Yep, I agree. Um, it's a good scene. Um, Sean is back on whatever the right side of the mm-hmm. line is. The ill-defined line, just like yep. Coldplay says. If you work out where to draw the line, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, how, how beautiful. Yeah. You're a much bigger Coldplay fan than I am. Not so much more of their recent things. But See, I actually think the recent things are way better than their old things. I just liked the old piano rock. Uh, I if I never hear we they were all yellow again or we were all yellow they were all yellow it'll be way too everything's soon. yellow um yeah yellow yellow you know the morality kind of reminds me of like a morality system in a video game <laughs> <laughs> nobody liked that <laughs> like oh Sean you got some dark side points. Get some light po- side points to get back on that side. Yeah. Anyway. What is it in Mass Effect? Renegade and Paragon. Paragon. Yeah. yeah that's uh, what I like to think about. Renegade and Paragon in Mass Effect. Renegade. Renegade. Uh, I think it's Infamous and Heroic in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know. I've never played that one. I never played two. I played the first one. Anyway, um, but yes, and then we have the the ending bit, the epilogue, where Sean is out. He's been grounded for a month, uh-huh. and they are very obviously setting up like, oh, it's the the climax of the game. Oh, she's almost done with her paper. Oh, oh, Eric's about to get the date, about to find out where to go, and power goes out. Yep, power goes out. Um, Sean, was it rainy? No, it was not. Okay, I didn't feel like it was rainy. Yeah, and then they're like, didn't you pay the electric bill? Yes, I put it in the mailbox outside of the grocery store a month ago. Not on Cherry Bomb Day. And Sean runs out of the room saying goodnight, everybody. Yes, which is very funny. dark silhouette in the door. Goodnight, everybody. Um, which Sean is great in this scene when he hugs the TV. Uh-huh. He, they he, do their dance. Their, their handshake, handshake dance, dance. thing. Um, both of those are really excellent. Um, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good ending. I really like it a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Um, Sean is very funny when really he says good night, everybody. Um, yeah. 
All in all, it's a good episode. Um, yeah, so what are your final thoughts? Um, I really like this episode. Um, I, once again, I said it in uh, Model Family, but when you're focusing on the relationships between the kids, I think you're at your strong point. Mm-hmm. Um, while I would like Topanga in it more, um, I still think Corey and Sean are great together. Um, I think it's a strong episode. I think on analysis, it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it was going to hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that don't hold up aren't, aren't the things that I brought up. Yeah. Um, I Well, the, the idea of the morality of what Sean's doing, it does kind of affect. But I, at the end of the day, I don't really care uh-huh. how... We're not this here, right? <laughs> this, this isn't our sacred texts with which we are defining yeah. the essence of humanity. But yeah, and just I'm not going to... I'm on ABC. <laughs> I'm not going to let, you know, inconsistencies on how the setup of this story happens affect my enjoyment of the episode because I think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to let whether or not I think the parents handled it correctly affect Yeah, because they handled it the way they handled it. Yeah. And it's like funny. It was funny. It was and entertaining. Like point. Although, once again, they're basically abusing a child to make their point. But <laughs> he got what was coming to him. <laughs> Um, it was that or prison. It was that or prison. Um, I'm not, but I'm not going to let that affect my enjoyment. Uh, I, I feel like about two thirds of the way through when I was like, what are they saving Sean from? Like, what is the, like that last big discussion uh-huh. we had. I think that did affect my enjoyment a little bit just because the stakes weren't really defined. Uh-huh. It was just, once again, very um, arbitrary good versus bad. Um, I think that affected my enjoyment a little bit more than I thought it was going to, but not in a, in a major way. Um, this is still a very entertaining episode. I give it an 8.5. Ooh. I only gave it an eight. Oh, nice. This is a first. It, I, is it? I think so. And maybe the last time it happened, I also said it was a first. So let us know. Well, I was just thinking Grandma was a Rolling Stone. I feel like I would have rated that higher than you. We'll have to look back. Yeah. But. Maybe maybe that was the first. But well, we it's an uncommon. Really it's uncommon enough to note. It's true. I am generally more of a uh-huh. pessimist than you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I really like it for the things that it's got coming down the pipe. Um, I really like uh, Sean in it. What, it. what You didn't give us your final thoughts. You just gave us your rating. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I didn't really think about the morality of it being kind of ill-defined the way you did. But... Um, I mean, obviously, when we talked about it, there was a lot to say. Yeah, I I think it was really enjoyable. Again, I just love the Corey and Sean relationship. Mm -hmm. And so just getting that really starting to be defined in a good way just was good. I mean, I said I got teary at the end. What more do you want? Yeah. Well, and it's it's episodes like this and Model Family that make me excited for the show going forward when we do spend a lot more time at the school. We spend a lot more time with the boys and Topanga in the hallway, Mm -hmm. Um, which I know that's very specific, but whatever. Yeah. But it's just some good things that happen out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited for that to come up. Uh, what was your alternate title? I called it Boy Meets Cherry Bomb Day. Oh, okay. We're going to have to have a debate because I like mine. I like that one. But I also like Boy Meets Telltale Heart. Mm. Because they <clears throat> they do use the heartbeat three times in this episode. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but meh, I just, I, I mean, meh. <laughs> I, I can't think of why you're wrong i just know that you are which is the foundation of like american politics yeah so i know you're wrong <laughs> now so, so shut up now i gotta reverse engineer why you're wrong. <laughs> i don't even have to you're just so wrong i can't even formulate a response i'm not even gonna dignify your answer with a response could we compromise with a third title that i kind of thought about is this when boy really meets sean i mean it could be i like that better than that stupid telltale heart <laughs> i'm sorry chance i feel like i'm just really blowing this out of proportion 
I love it. <laughs> well, we have we have uh, Boy Meets Older Brother as an episode title. We have Boy, uh, Meets, Boy Meets Dad. Beanie. Yeah. I don't so think we met Amy yet, but not in the mom episode. I don't remember what we called it. I don't remember. Not either. important. Um, but it is important. Amy's an important person. Yes. I'm gonna see Though the show does not treat her as well as it maybe should. I can't read my handwriting again. <laughs> I said rendezvous, and I don't think we went with that. No, we definitely didn't go with that. Um, that yeah, once in love with Amy. Was that the Amy episode? Yeah, once in love with Amy. I can't remember what we called it. Unimportant. Yeah, I've got I've got it written down. It's just a lot louder for me to go through my notes than uh-huh. just for you to go through. Very quiet notebook. Um, I like because one of our episode titles is Boy Meets Sean. Finally, yes. So maybe this is Boy Meets Sean. Boy Meets Sean. Boy Meets Best Friend could uh-huh. also work. Yeah, Boy Meets Best Friend. I like Best Friend. Yeah, boy meets best friend. Let's do it. Because they're really just defining what a friend does. Yeah. To an extent. And... Lies for you, (laughs) hides you under his bed, brings you dry meat brick. Uh, Yeah, and uh, there's other stuff he does in this episode, but that's not... Yeah, who cares about that? (laughs) That stuff's lame. Yeah. Uh, Boy meets best friend, I think, is good. Um, And who's your MVP? I think Corey is my MVP. I was was stuck between Corey and Sean. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think I feel like Sean is the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. But and I know he like has a good arc through the episode. But I think it is mostly told through the lens of Corey. Yeah. And again, we've two or three times in our discussion we brought up how great we think um, Ben Savage is doing. He's he's being a actor. great actor. I think Ryder Strong is a more charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. I think I gravitate towards him in this episode. Well, and I don't because I was pretty split. So you saying Corey pretty much swayed me. Um, but I do think that Sean or Ryder Strong, the way he delivers a lot of his lines, the did you know you're built like a chimp line, the um, hi, how you're doing to the underside of the line mm-hmm. when he says goodnight, everybody. Um, and I feel like the conversation he and Corey have after Alan jumps on him mm-hmm. and Corey's like explaining like we should say something like you're going to be fine and just as like sean was in that conversation he just felt very much like the sean that you know and love like the serious side of him but i still think Corey. i do too i do too i I think sean deserves mention in the mvp race Mm -hmm. but he's more subtle yeah and and i think maybe just Ryder strong i just think maybe he's just that charismatic of a guy Mm -hmm. i don't know never met him and i mean going forward it's sean that's gonna have the charisma and Corey that's gonna kind of be the the celery (laughs) Sure. <laughs> I, I, I get that reference, but uh-huh. <laughs> there's nothing that makes me unique. <laughs> anyway, we do not know that episode. <laughs> what? Is, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, okay. Yeah, Corey is definitely the MVP of this episode. Okay. All right. Um, Let's t- move on. Then. No, I'm just, just joking. We don't have another one. And we... It's good we don't. Dang. Yeah, we got we got a lot we got a lot of mileage out of this one. Um, but yeah, uh, if you, whatever your guys' MVP is, your rating for the episode, your alternate title, let us know. Um, do you hate Boy Meets Telltale Heart? Because uh, I sure do. Karen really hates it. Um, yeah, let us know. Um, a question: Have you ever done anything stupid with fireworks? That's my question. Uh, Cameron, I think has already told me he hasn't. No, I've been around for some stupid things. Um, we've done a lot of stupid things. Um, me and once again my friend Terrace, who's a listener lighting artillery shells and just throwing them. Those are the ones that go up in the sky and uh-huh. explode. So they would go sideways, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, draining all of the... Uh, what were they called? M40s? The little... I don't know. 
they're basically just tiny dynamite sticks that you can buy um, and, you know, draining. When I think of a cherry bomb, what I think of is about five or six of those drained into a ping pong ball and then wrapped in... um, wrapped in electrical tape with a fuse in it um there's more to it than that but basically it's just a really big bomb that's what i think of when i think of a cherry Uh bomb i know they're like official cherry bombs but i think a real cherry bomb like the kind sean would have had would have probably been something more along the lines of one of those Uh um but yeah we've thrown artillery shells we've made sparkler bombs we made pipe bombs Mm -hmm. what might come as a surprise to none of you is i was very safe (laughs) as a child well chance was allowed to do whatever he pleased oh so the one the story i did want to tell about our stupidity was not with fireworks but with lighter fluid oh yeah so lots of fun with that um for those of you who take a drink every time i say something about my mysterious past there were no rules uh in my house because my parents weren't really around so i would often go visit my friend who worked the night shift at a local gas station at two three in the morning when no one was around um and you do in your formative (laughs) early teen years yep exactly as you do and when my friends would come to stay with me, them their parents thinking, oh, Chance has supervision, which I definitely did not. Boy, were they <laughs> wrong. Uh, my friends would go with me. So one time, me and my friend Terrace, again, went there. And what we were doing was we were drawing designs with lighter fluid and lighting them on fire. And we decided that we were going to draw a Superman sign on his chest. And oh, no. <laughs> on, uh, the, on his shirt. Don't, don't get me wrong. But... Still, that's worse. <laughs> well, so my friend who worked at the store, um, whose name is Eric, who we read one of his messages last week. Oh, dear. Uh, he, he didn't know that we had a design. He's like, oh, cool, we're Bring it on terrace so he just coats the kid's shirt in lighter fluid and sets it on fire eric. and i was like eric no what are you doing so terrace's chest uh, shirt are uh, just in flame it's on his body on his body yes oh, <laughs> at a on. gas station this is stressing the- me out at a gas station mind you and um so terrace blows on it and all the f- that happens is the flames yeah. just spread what and- do fires need oxygen what and do you blow out when you breathe? Oxygen. I was screaming, Terrace, stop, drop, and roll. Just roll over. Just roll over. <laughs> this is the one time in your life you really need to know that. And what, he, But he's too panicked, so he jumps up and rips his shirt off as he's doing do it and uh, throws it on the ground and stomps on it. So, mm-hmm. we've done some dumb stuff with fire. It seems fire. so. I That's the way to end an episode. <laughs> so, uh, kids do dumb stuff, especially kids without supervision. Yeah. If you have a dumb fire story, you can share that with us by sending us an email at bgworldfever at gmail.com or tweeting at us at bgworldfever on Twitter. Yes. Or using our new hashtag, hashtag fevercast. <laughs> hashtag as soon as we confirm that it has nothing to do with anything like really uh, bad in the world. Pandemic, scarlet fever. Uh, yes. And Terrace, you can't send in that story because I've already told it. Already told it. And I don't have any to tell because I'm a boring person. We've established this. You were the Corey and I was the Sean. Yes. The Corey even... The show's about Corey. (laughs) Clearly has enough going on. Yeah. Well, you're definitely the main character. I'm the side character. I don't know about all that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, thanks so much for listening. Um, I've been Chance. I've been Cameron. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) We we still don't have a great sign-off. Good night, everybody. So long, world. So so long, world. (laughs)